0: Welcome back to Disney Matter. We don't have a proper episode for you today, and I'd like to apologise for that. It's been a couple months. Other things have gotten the way. I've had both illness and work to be focusing on, so this project and podcast took a bit of a back burner. I'm glad to have so much support on the other episodes, and I promise you episode 6 will be out as soon as possible. But for now... I want to share with you a video that I created last year for my own personal YouTube channel. If people don't know, today is my birthday, and <laughs> and I'm feeling 22. <laughs> I can't. But I'm so excited to share with you this video. It is talking about my favourite movie, my favourite Disney movie of all time, Lilo Stitch. Hope you enjoy, and I'll see you again for the next matter. After the day of this being released, it will be my birthday. One of the special ones in fact. I've reached the age of an Adele album. There was always these parties that I always had to attend and... It kinda hit that side of me that just didn't want any attention. All of it just seemed forced, like I had to go around tables saying hi to family. Not sure if they actually liked to me or they were just there for the food. Another one where i invited friends to go see a movie but... That's now all just a memory. I did have a really good birthday where all I did was go to a child's birthday party and just ate all the sweets from their pick and mix table while sitting in the corner. There's always been that creeping doubt of, do I deserve any of this, and can I just be forgotten? It's I just feel like an ugly duckling forced in the limelight and pretend to be something I'm not. There is one thing that I might end up doing, however, to help me get through this feeling and. That's watch Disney movies. For those who don't know me as well, I'm a huge Disney fanatic. I've been to Walt Disney World, I've been to the cinemas on days of the release, and it's pretty much raised me. My own mother even went to see Toy Story 2 when overdue with me. So a common question I get asked is, What's my favourite Disney movie? I have plenty of favourites, but there's only one film I will say is one of the greatest movies Disney has ever created. It's the one that once I saw it, I can honestly say, it changed me so much, that movie is Leo and Stitch. I could talk about how I have a wave of Stitch plushies, or how i cried when I saw Stitch while in the Magic Kingdom, but let's not talk about me and just talk straight about the movie. During the 90s, Disney had never been on such a peak. They were still firmly in what's called the Disney Renaissance, with movies like Aladdin, Hercules and The Lion King taking centre stage. However, with all these high-budget movies, the CEO at the time, Michael Eisner, was looking for something that was cheaper to create and smaller in scale. Walt Disney himself did the same after Pinocchio and Fantasia, and that ended up creating Dumbo. Eisner wanted to catch that magic in the bottle once again, and one person stepped forward with a challenge and came up with an idea. That person being Chris Sanders. Chris Sanders started off his career as a character designer for Muppet Babies before joining the Walt Disney Company as a head storyboard artist, where he worked on many main movies at the time. It was during this time where he pitched a children's book, which was sadly unsuccessful. This book was about a creature called Stitch, but this Stitch was quite different from what we know him now. Speaking of design, this looked to be one of the first Disney movies to be using watercolour since the 1940s. Another connection to Dumbo. Dean de Bloss who wrote *Milan* alongside Chris Sanders, was also brought on to write and direct with Chris. The team for pre-production stayed small and it was chosen to use Sanders' art style in the film for the characters. He was also chosen to voice Stitch himself. This won't be the first time Sanders would voice an animated character and it won't be the last. Another decision was made to set the movie in Kauai, Hawaii to help push the plot that was quite different from a regular Disney movie. This was going to be one of the first Disney movies to have a focus on family love rather than true love. Even the young adults in the film had Hawaiian heritage and used regional accents. All of this was a huge step forward from a traditional Disney movie. After all, Leland Stitch wasn't going to be a traditional Disney movie. In advertisements leading up to the movie, Stitch was seen messing with iconic Disney characters, with them showing disgust towards the blue creature, formally saying him as the black sheep of the Disney family, which is quite appropriate knowing the plot of the movie. The movie begins with the Disney Castle logo becoming much more sci-fi, with a green radar beep leading into Alan Silvestri's great score setting the scene. We start in the middle of an intergalactic core the trial of Dr Jumba, a mad scientist who created an illegal genetic experimentation. Experiment 626. The reveal of 626 is great as it hypes up what this creature could be, even with the reveal. We're still not sure what 626 is. He's erratic, he's chaotic, he's not only a creature of destruction, he's intelligent. People often see this scene, seeing the saliva drip down as gross, but it's actually quite intelligent. 626 to six is told by Captain Gantus bragging that the guns track his DNA signature. This stunning escape sequence is such sort of animation beauty, just the blaster design is great. After a hyperspace jump, it's revealed that Stitch has landed on Earth or Yarr. The Grand Councilwoman wants the Earth to be destroyed, but Pleakley reveals that Earth is a protected habitat, uh, not because any humans live there, but because mosquitoes are a dangerous species. Out of everything, mosquitoes. We then get set up for good cop bad cop style team up with the mad scientist Jumba, who set the capture six to six in exchange for his own freedom, with Agent Pleakley, who's sent along to keep him in check. We fade from our sci-fi setting with the Avengers scoring to... ...a school of fish. where our first song performed by Mark Kelly, Hokumalu and the Kamahami school choir, Himili no Lilo. Not only does this show a large tonal shift between the world beyond the stars and the set in Hawaii, we get a clear sense of culture. For the hula dancers, they filmed actual hula dancers and animated their movement. The dance they are doing is an accurate dance, during the song we're introduced to the titular character Lilo. Lilo is voiced by David Chase who, to those who are a fan of Studio Ghibli, will recognise it as the voice of Chihiro in Spirited Away. That's not the only Ghibli's connection Lilo and Stitch has. Dakota Fanning, the voice of Lilo in the sequel movie, is the voice of Sasuke in My Neighbour Totoro. I might need to talk about that sequel another time but anyway, Lilo is an outcast who holds tradition close to her heart. She goes out to feed the fish called Pudge every Thursday. She was a fan of Elvis and takes photos of fat tourists. Slowly throughout the film we learn a bit more why this is the case. Well, apart from the tourists. That explanation is cut from the film along with the scene that brought that to focus. In that deleted scene, Lilo is approached by tourists who ask speak English and is called a native. It's a great comment on how those that live there are felt like they're commodified or dehumanised. So to go against the tourists that take photos of her, she takes unflattering photos of them. After attacking Merton like that ginger agent deserves, even when she's showing her doll scrump, showing that how lonely she is and... she just wants to be part of something. Lilo in Hawaiian closely translates to lost. Mele no Lilo, Meaning, the melody of the lost. With all this, we've already set up the character Lilo as traditional, easy to temper, and lonely. It's time to meet the other member of that family, Nani. Nani is the older sister of Lilo. She's taken up the role as guardian after her parents have died. Nani has taken a lot of part-time jobs just to support her younger sister, but she struggled. She was thrown to a situation she was not ready for. She's only just left her teens and it was implied she was ready to become a national surfing star, with her many awards shown, but she had to give all that up for her sister. They might not see eye to eye to most things, but they truly care for each other. Leela wants her sister back and she doesn't want anyone to replace her mother. Nani just wants to be her sister leading to this heartbreaking scene. We're a broken family, aren't we? No. Maybe a little. They have such a good dynamic and make such good representation for, of siblings in a movie to date. You have Anna and Elsa, they don't bond, and you don't realise it, just they seem like two different people. But in this movie, you really feel a connection, and as an elder sibling, I kinda get what Nanny feels. A shooting star is seen, and Lilo makes a prayer. I need someone to be a friend. Someone who won't run away. Maybe send an angel. The nicest angel you have. And that's where we cut to 626 emerging from a crater, ready to destroy this peaceful... (coughs) After hearing Lilo's prayer, Nani takes Lilo to the animal shelter to find a new friend. At the same time, 626 is taken into the pound and realises... that he can't escape with Jumba outside. So... He disguises himself as a dog and is picked by Lilo. Once again we get to see the intelligence of 626 as he slowly unlearns his environment. He looks at the poster and learns that he has to love Lilo by hugging, either by looking at a poster or learning that dogs don't talk so much, so he remains silent. He is weird, but that is what appeals to Lilo. Lilo pays the $2 fee and gives 626 a name, that name being Stitch. Stitch is now free to use Lilo as a shield as Jumba and Pleatly are not allowed to reveal themselves to the public. This does come at a cost that Stitch can't do anything. He can't attack any large cities as he's on an island, he can't leave the island because he can't swim. Thus begins a scene where he's forced to try and blend in while Elvis Presley's stuck on new plays. I should really praise the choice of Elvis here. Every song is appropriate to the scene and reflects an aspect of the plot, like how Lilo locked herself inside while playing Heartbreak Hotel. But people might wonder, why would a little girl be obsessed with Elvis Presley? It makes perfect sense. Kawi is one of the locations where Elvis' movies were filmed and... ...when you live on a small island, a big celebrity appearing leaves an impact. We later meet David, Nanny's boyfriend, who performs fire dancing at the diner that she and Nanny work at. Fun fact, Jason Lee Scott, the voice of David, also plays the villain in the second-worst live-action Disney remake. After a misunderstanding a diner, Nanny loses her job and wants to get rid of Stitch. And that's where Lulu reminds her of what their father told them. Ohana means family. Family means nobody, nobody gets, gets left, left behind. Or... Or forgotten. Nobody gets left behind. Or forgotten. Jumba talks about how Stitch was made to be a monster who destroys and questions. If 626 has nothing to destroy then what is the meaning of his life? What is his purpose? Stitch then finds a copy of The Ugly Duckling and then finds a connection to the book. A story about a duckling being lost and finding a place where they belong. While we're here, I missed out a character earlier, so why won't we talk about them right now? Here is a legend, Bubbles. Cobra Bubbles. He's seen as the antagonist to the human element of the film, as Jumba is, at this point, the antagonist of the alien side of the story. Bubbles is a large and shown to be not only strong enough to rip nails off a door, but is the driving motive behind Nanny's worry. He is the social worker who decides if Lilo stays with Nanny, or goes away. He also has a severe dislike to Stitch. Now, Nani has lost her job, Lilo's chances of staying goes down even more. Getting a new job may be harder with Lilo's attempts to make Stitch a model citizen going terribly. After both sisters failing their goals, David appears. I just want to say how great David is as a character. He stands by Nanny even though she's not been able to go out on a date with him. David is understanding to the stress Nanny is in, so to help her relax, he invites them out to the ocean, leading to one of the most amazing scenes in film history, and honestly, one of the best scenes in this film. It's the Hawaiian roller coaster, Ride? I've watched this scene countless times and there's so much to pick up. The scene begins as they ride over a turtle with the water reflections. There'll be so much gushing of the art in this scene. It goes to show how the watercolour is perfect for this movie. Just the switch from day to the sunset landscape is amazing. It's also a great character study of two characters, Nanny and Stitch. Like I said before, Nanny is shown to have a history of surfing. She's had trophies to show she's a champion, and she could have done so much more, but now she has to take care of Lilo. This part right here, it just shows her regret. Though it, it also might be where she questions if Stitch is really a dog. We also see so much more. The whole scene just shows both her love of surfing and the love of her sister. It brings so much joy. And then we have Stitch. He begins a scene wanting to run. He doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to beat anyone near the water because of course he can't swim. He's nervous the entire time until he watches David and Lilo surf and breaks his character and excitedly cheers them on. Just the small detail of him nervously trying to keep balance. Any frame of this scene of Stitch could just be taking and putting a collage of just adorable. He just want to be part of the group to the extent where he makes his own sand castle just so he can bury himself. He takes a huge step. He reaches out to Lilo. With a simple head tap, a connection is made over surfing. With this love, he's also found a connection to Nani as well as Lilo. Though he might not like the war, he likes being around these people. He feels happy. Sadly, this has to end, as the song does. Jumba ruins it as Stitch gets the blame for dragging Lilo down. He's literally kicked away from what makes him happy. And now we're at square one. But now Nani is questioning if she's even able to take care of Lilo. And now we have to talk about Aloa Oa. or Farewell to Thee, is sung by Nani. Creating Lilo in her arms upon the hammock. The song was originally composed by Queen Liloa and Callie, the last queen of Hawaii. It is written while she's imprisoned after Hawaii's taking over. With this song, the last queen says about how she's unable to protect her people and her country, and her inability to uphold her duty as queen. Nani sings this to Lilo, just how Hawaii was taken about away from Kalani. Lilo is going to be taken away from her, and she's unable to do anything. But wishes she could do more. Stitch watches on, realizing what he's done to this family. Then comes the reveal of the family photo, and what happens to the parents? That's us before. It was rainy, and they went for a drive. What the most heartbreaking part of this is when you look back at Pudge at the beginning of the movie. Lilo has been feeding Pudge because he controls the weather. All this to appease him for losing her parents in such a tragic way. She remembers them, though is still willing to bring Stitch into her family, even though he's done wrong. Stitch sits alone in the woods with the Ugly Duckling book, and just speaks two words: "Lost." I'm lost. He sits with the hope that he'll find someone to come for him. We step away quickly as we have Gantu as a new alien antagonist with Jumba and Pleakley now fired. Stitch is approached by Jumba who's ready to use any means necessary as is no longer tied down to the protocol. Unlike before, Stitch is less aggressive and just afraid, as he's just waiting for his family. But Jumba simply states he has none, so Stitch runs. Stitch returns to the house only for Jumba to catch up to start an all-out fight. The house is destroyed completely after a past passed parcel with a blaster leading to an explosion. During all this, Lilo is on the phone with Bubbles, so Cobra Bubbles is quick to the scene to take Lilo into his car, while the fire brigade tries to extinguish the flames. The only person who's not there is Nani. She had been told about a job just down the road and had only been gone for less than a minute, only to return to the house she'd known for many years. Nothing but rubble. He yells and screaming come from Nanny and this strong cobra snaps with this. Is this what she needs? It seems clear to me that you need her a lot more than she needs you. Lilo runs with the adults, both showing genuine concern for her disappearance. Stitch catches up and reveals his identity with her showing scorn towards him, but short-lived as Ganto has already trapped them both. Nani watches Ganto put them both in a ship, but Stitch is the only one to escape as it flies away. Stitch, now in his alien form, is confronted by Nani, but Jumba and Plutely charge in and detain Stitch. All Nanny can do is ask one thing. Where is Lilo? Completely heartbroken, she breaks down to tears as they refuse to help. However, there is one person <laughs> who wants to help. With just one word, Stitch approaches Nanny. Oh, Hannah! Huh? Nobody yeah, gets left behind or forgotten. So, after convincing Jumba easily, Stitch is very persuasive after all. This leads to one of the most breathtaking chase sequences. All of this is hand-drawn. Which is amazing to remember, all these massive ships flying through the sky. We also get a rule of thirds with the sunburned ice cream guy dropping his ice cream for the third time. That's one thing I love about this plot. Everything arcs round, nothing is left dangling. As we return to the road with Stitch first crashed nearby as he's now protecting the frog that he once pointed the gun at. This is where I now talk about how much I love the liquid style. Everything is so flowy, the lava, just like the blasters, has this gooey feel, which is just so pleasant to look at. Even the explosions are so artistic. All this ends with the ship crashing in the water nearby, where coincidentally, David is surfing. Everyone's on the shore. Our titular cast, Nanny, the aliens, David, the Galactic Council, and, strange enough, Corporate Bubbles. The Grand Councilwoman goes off and is about to take credit for the capture experiment 6-6, sex- but A small voice pipes up... My name, Stitch. This alien she once knew to be vile and repulsive is sat speaking civilly now, an act that takes her quite aback. This is when Stitch explains in one of the most powerful moments in the movie. This is my family. I found it all on my own. And with that, Stitch is true to his word. He waddles back to the ship though politely asks if he has to go, the councilman regretfully declines. That is when Cobra reminds Lilo something she has, Stitch's adoption certificate, meaning Stitch belongs to Lilo. This paper was treated as a small joke, it was actually a Chekhov's gag. This allows Stitch to stay on Earth with his family in exile, and the whole family is now protected by the United Galactic Federation. Oh yeah! Why was Bubbles there? Well, he used to be part of the CIA and had met the Councilwoman before in 1973, aka Roswell. This explains why Bubbles was so interested in Stitch and why he's dressed as a Men in Black agent. Everything loops back around, especially another joke where the alien's thinking about mosquitoes being endangered was all because of Bubbles. He is a legend, that's how he saved the world. Ah, salute to you, Cobra. The movie ends with the house being rebuilt, with help from Bubbles, David, and Jumba and Pleakley, who weren't allowed back in the ship off Earth. We see many eclipses of the family together, and maybe a dysfunctional one with two sisters, a brother-in-law, two alien uncles, or an aunt as Pleakley as a non-conforming icon, a former CIA social worker, and a genetic experiment pet. This was a broken family. But Stitch entered her life, and are now grown. Lilo may mean lost, but Stitching something is bringing them back together. And that's the whole movie. I could talk about this so much, I could go on about the TV series, the TV movie, the crossovers... ...or even the underrated sequel, what I quote, far too much. Whatever I may do for my birthday, I'm lucky to have a family who is there for me even when I feel down. I feel like an ugly duckling, I don't feel loved, but they still care for me. They love me and make me smile every day. I love my family, but you see, it's the family you create, the people you meet, the people you're connected to. It doesn't matter how small or how large or how different it may be, it's your family. It's your Ohana, an Ohana where you can feel like you belong, where nobody is left behind or forgotten.